2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio.
1: Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian.
2: Welcome to a conference championship edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. My co-host this week is Brian Johnson, as it has been the last several weeks. Hi, Brian. Yeah, are Scott and Matt okay? Yeah, I'm starting to worry about them a little bit. It's, uh, I, can only, I can only presume the worst. I'll reach out. Yeah. Um, to quote the Naked Gun movies, which I just watched a little of last night, because if I bump into it, it's hard not to watch it. Uh, which one? Went down in a freak dirigible accident, I believe. <laughs> uh, the first Naked Gun movie. With Frank Drebin and oh, yeah, the baseball I saw, scene, two and a half you know. and uh thirty-three yeah, right. and a third. Yeah, that's right. There were there were others. There were others. First one's classic, oh, though, yeah. and the opening scene with OJ when he breaks into the ship and it's just it's sixty minutes of just raw nonsense hilarity that slays me every time I see it.
3: It's hard to like O. J. these days, these decades, but Watching Naked Gun is about as yeah, close as, good as it gets.
2: To. Exactly, exactly. Nordberg, uh, it's such a funny scene. And there's so many great just zingers in that movie. Oh, man. The Zuckers and Pat Proft at the peak of their game, I yeah. think. Uh, I, now, I,
3: you got me wanting to watch Naked Gun. It's been a long time. Yeah, it holds up
2: shockingly well. I'm sure. It really does. There's there's very few bits in that that are really time-sensitive, I'm happy to say. So, uh, this is a conference championship edition of Fantasy Football Weekly, Brian. That yeah. means that we're going to concentrate on the two remaining games in the NFL schedule. And like last week, our focus is on the DFS side, something we love to talk about but can't normally do, and we're doing it because for people who are playing playoff-long fantasy football, there's not like bench start decisions to make. It's like you know, you're know you starting everybody. Yeah. I think the people that still have decisions to make right now, are the people that are playing DFS.
3: And the information will certainly certainly be useful for those in the, you know, where you you pick a you can use a player once type pool. I'm in one of those where each round, you know, you play a quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, yeah. running back. You can only use them once, so
2: helpful there too. It will certainly for sure. help. Yeah.
3: And I'll mention this, the letter grades you're going to hear
2: are relative to the cost of the player. Patrick Mahomes might normally be an A grade, but We'll see what Brian grade Brian's going to give him, but but weighed against his salary, is and, he an A grade?
3: And of course, against the other salaries of the other quarterbacks, honestly. yeah, which is
2: relevant as, as well. We could
3: almost go A B C D just for the quarterbacks if we wanted right, to,
2: almost because there's but, four of them.
3: Yep. Um, all right, I'm going to let you
2: start, Brian. You've got the Bills traveling to the Chiefs.
3: Yeah, uh, as to be expected, a pretty high over under here, around four, uh, 54 points. These teams did play in Week Six. Kansas City won 26-17. And uh, lastly, the weather looking like low 40s with a little bit of rain in Kansas City, but the winds won't be much of a factor under 10 miles per hour. So there's that. Uh, Starting on the Buffalo side, Josh Allen, 6.9K on DraftKings. In that first meeting, he had uh, only 122 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and a pick. He did have eight carries for 42 yards. Um, The Chiefs. Before last week, had allowed multiple passing touchdowns in eight straight games. Yeah, uh, Baker only had one passing touchdown. He pretty much had two. two. Yeah, that one, that yeah. touchback that Shard uh, Higgins. Where do you stand change. on that rule? By the way, got to change it. it. It needs to change. But what, what's your number one solution? Mine is spot of the, wherever the ball is fumbled, and if it goes out of the end zone, it's ten yards from there. So in that instance, oh, I the, the, like the it. Browns, yeah, yeah that it the would ball be first and like, goal from the ten or the eleven yard line. Yeah, or you can move it back even further, but turning over the ball and then giving on the twenty. I'm not kidding.
2: Exactly. Going. Yeah. It's it's double it's double jeopardy.
3: Well, hopefully they change that. But anyway, uh, back to the matchup. Allen, because of the health of Mahomes, who we'll talk about in a minute, has the highest ceiling on this slate with his feet and his arm in this matchup. It's not a great matchup uh, on paper, even though they've allowed eight passing touch multiple passing touchdowns in eight straight games. The Chiefs. That is. Brashad uh, Breland wasn't. Looking like he was going to play with a concussion. I think think he practiced all week. I think he's going. So they'll be at full strength in their secondary. So it's not like a a super high passing ceiling for... Allen but not a very scary floor at all and when you factor in his rushing ability I think they're I, I like the high ceiling here because I don't think they're gonna run at all no not much not much at all but uh, I do respect the secondary especially with Honey Badger back there playing a uh, great football but Allen I'm gonna give him the a uh if I was rolling out one lineup he would probably be the quarterback uh, I, I'd go with just uh, it probably would have been Mahomes but I'm worried about the toe we'll get to that in a second so mm-hmm. an a for Allen over to his receivers and by the way, all the wide receivers on DraftKings, way underpriced this week. They're, it's very soft. You can you can squeeze in a lot of these top pass catchers. When we're talking top pass catchers, we'll start with Stefan Diggs. Only 7000 He should be at least $8,000, uh, in my opinion. In the first meeting, he had six catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. Kind of a quiet game by, by Diggs yeah. standards. Yeah. I, we, we've run out of good things to say about Diggs to fade him Uh Rolling out one lineup, it would be uber contrarian at this point. He'll probably be 60 to 70% owned Mm -hmm. in the bigger tournaments. He was listed uh, with an oblique injury all. Week, yeah. but not they too off, about
2: that. They took him off the injury report on Friday.
3: So again, if Prashad Breland somehow does not sit, uh, major boon for Diggs. But even yeah, if Breland, Breland goes, I'm telling you, Breland's gonna right. go. It's, it's official. Official? As no, a, it's no. They haven't okay. said
2: it's official. He has not said he's cleared the concussion protocol, but he practiced all week. He's. Uh, I. I think he's likely to go.
3: Uh, even though Baker didn't put up big numbers, uh, his receivers got open. Breland only uh, he allowed five catches on six targets. Charverius Ward gave up five catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. On six targets, those are the the, the boundary receivers. So Diggs, you just have to give him an A. But if you're running multiple lineups, it would be in your best interest to fade him in one or two because Mm -hmm. if he does go belly up, you have a huge edge on the field there. So an A for Diggs and uh, the rest of the receivers gets a little muddled. We'll start with John Brown, who had zero catches in the wild card week. Uh, on four uh, in, in the wild card game, he also had zero catches on four targets when these teams met in Week Six. But uh, last week, uh, big bounce back for Smokey, as was to be expected. He was only ten percent owned in the Millionaire Maker, which is kind of a shocker. But at four point three k, that is way too cheap for John Brown. Uh, yep. We saw Rashard Higgins operating as the number two receiver last week. He had a pretty good game. Should have had a touchdown. Basically, did. So I'm going to give Brown a B here. Uh, the only real concern is his. Ownership percentage is going to be through the roof when it comes through. Comes yeah. to Bills receivers, at least probably looking at twenty-five, thirty percent. So just a B for Brown. Then over to Cole Beasley, who just isn't looking right with that knee injury. Well, they
2: took him off the injury report on Friday, so I'm um, you know I got to assume that. Well, they took was-
3: him off on Wednesday, and then he reappeared on Thursday, <laughs> <laughs> so they, they took him off Friday. So hopefully doesn't reappear on Saturday. But uh, played sixty-three percent of the snaps last week. Only, not only zero catches on only two targets. Uh, at 4.1K, though, he... If that knee isn't too much of a worry, people are going to be off of him big-time. Janarius yeah. Sneed. I believe He's, he's pretty, good. Rookie, pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Uh, might be the best matchup, though, when it comes uh, to wide receiver mm-hmm. cornerback for the Bills. So I'm going to give Beasley... He's not a safe cash game play because his floor is scary if he if he gets zero catches on two car- two targets again. But in a from a tournament perspective, I'm intrigued by him at that cheap price point, and we could see a the Beasley of old fifteen twenty fantasy points. So I'm going to give him a B at four point one k. The Bills have a lot of wide receivers by the way. We well, got like Gabe, two more they, to talk. But they about. may not have Gabriel Davis <laughs> they who has may missed, not. Uh, he's the most all of up. the
2: week's practice. I mean, I think I I don't think he's going to go yeah, based he, on the practices that we got or lack of thereof.
3: Yeah, he hurt his ankle uh in the divisional round, played 46% of the snaps before getting hurt. He also had zero catches before getting hurt. So if I'm gonna that's get, the one I lay off. Yeah, if I'm dumpster diving, it's going to be Isaiah McKenzie at 3.1K. He played the fewest snaps of any wide receiver for Buffalo last week, but he actually did have two catches, only eight yards, of course. But uh, at 3.1K, he he's a punt play. Okay. With a dinged-up Davis, and Beasley not convinced he's 100%. If you're not going to play Beasley, McKenzie might be the guy you want to pair. You called him a punt but, play. He's also a special
2: teams guy. Uh, I like that. And uh-huh. if you want to
3: pair it with the defense, you know, that's always a favorite angle of mine because if he happens Double to dead. return a kick, uh, he'll get you get the, the, the big bonus with the team defense. And the Bills did have a – do they have two defensive special teams touchdowns? Just one. They had that 99-yard Yeah, interception return. That was brutal. So, yeah, I like McKenzie as a standalone play, or you pair him with the Bills' defense, which is not ideal going up against Kansas City, or uh, stacking along with Josh Allen and uh, Stefan Diggs would be an obvious addition. And you know what? Dawson Knox might be a fourth you might want to throw in for the Voltron stack at 2.8K. Very touchdown dependent, always has been, but this is a very strong matchup. The Browns' tight ends did not score against Kansas City last week. But they did combine for six catches, seventy-five yards on nine targets. It's good numbers. And Before that game, the Chiefs had surrendered six tight end touchdowns over their last seven games. So I gonna, like it. We're going to talk about the Chiefs in a minute, but it's another week where you can go two tight ends very easily with Travis Kelsey being arguably the t- top option of any player. So I almost think you have to start your entire your entire
2: DFS portfolio has to start a tight end. Mm-hmm. Am I going Kelsey? Am I going Tunyon? Or am I going Elsewhere, right, and because though you know, there's there's Kelsey who's su- super expensive. There's Tunyon who's reasonably priced, and then you're just dumpster diving. And I think that to me, that that's the catalyst for my whole the, the, all the rest of my lineup decisions.
3: Yeah, if you're not going to go two tight ends, and you're not going to go elite with Kelsey being the most elite and Tunyon mm-hmm. the second best option, and you maybe throw Gronk in there, but yeah, I, it, Dawson Knox certainly in play. He might be a little more than just touchdown dependent in this one. Uh, we shall see. And lastly. To the running backs for Buffalo, not a ton to talk about. We're really just going to talk about Devin Singletary uh, at four point five k. He was pretty chalky last week at this price point, which I was shocked by because we just knew he wasn't going to do anything, and there was yeah, much he better get a carry for the whole first quarter. There were there was much better options out there, but there's not a ton of great options at running nope. back this week. So, despite you know just ten touches for thirty seven scoreless combo yards last week, he only had forty five. Combo yards, scoreless combo yards in the first meeting. And in that game, Zach Moss only had 10 rushing yards, so the running backs did nothing like they have all year basically for the Bills. But man, Singletary played 84% of the snaps. Uh his 33 pass routes run led all week 19 running backs. And even though Buffalo is not going to run the ball a lot, the the options out there are just so brutal. And Truffed Tough to pick between. We'll get to Fournette and Ronald Jones, and yep. I got we, a
2: strong, I got a strong angle in there that we, we'll talk about. Yeah, and
3: we even see Aaron Jones continue to get vultured at times mm-hmm. by Jamal Williams and uh, AJ Dillon. Even got some runs, so I'm going to give Singletary a very strong B here. He doesn't have a high ceiling, but he is on the field. He will be on the field a lot. And uh, Kansas City did allow the fourth most catches to running backs this season, and. Even though his his chalk level will probably be pretty high, even though he, he wet the bed last week. I, I like Singletary. I, don't, I can't say I like him, but at that price, he's he's a strong B for me. And uh, we're not going to talk about TJ Yeldon or any no. other Buffalo back. All right. Well, Chief side. Chief side. Got to start with Patrick Mahomes, of course. 7.6K. Uh, cleared the concussion protocol. He's yep. good to go there. But the the toe-foot issue. Really Ankle. toe-toe. Yeah. Toe, ankle. Um,
2: he, he's he does not the mobility doesn't look right, and Brian, the single best thing that Patrick Mahomes does is create big plays when he's out of the pocket. And when he if he can't get out of the pocket cleanly and he doesn't have the same mobility and speed, I'm I don't know, I think that takes a huge weapon out of his arsenal and. He's also a, he's also a rushing touchdown threat, you know, oh, he yeah. scored last week and you know that that may come off the table a bit here too. So I for me I'm I, he this is my Mahomes is my least favorite quarterback on the entire slate because of the cost that he comes in and my concerns about the ankle.
3: Yep. And uh you were you're basically alluding to it even when he's outside the pocket. We're not even meaning Rushing the ball No, he the I wasn't balance, referring to that off, right. The off-balance yep. Ad-hoc throws he can make uh, Yeah, that's gonna He's gonna be Hampered by that toe But it, No Higher ceiling still For any court Like, if he can manage the pain uh, You're looking He's probably gonna come in At the third highest owned quarterback Because of the price And because of the The toe injury So, uh I'm still going to give him a B. He would be he would just be a, a plug him in and play him A for me if mm-hmm. if it wasn't for this toe injury. But the, I'm very concerned as you. So just a B for Mahomes at 7.6K. Uh, um, Travis Kelsey comes in at 8K, tied with uh, I believe Devonte Adams, the priciest player on the slate. Uh, Mark Andrews wet the bed big time last week. Huge
2: way they threw to Andrews like it was either nine or eleven times last week, and he had like. Two catches. It was awful. <laughs> it
3: was so, terrible. So should, and then in the first meeting, Kelsey had five catches, 65 yards, two touchdowns. The mm-hmm. Bills have been a money matchup for tight ends all season long, uh, including the wild card round when Indy tight ends totaled like 14 catches, 150 yep. yards, and a touchdown. So I said fading Stefan Diggs would be the most contrarian play. Fading Travis Kelsey... I don't see how you can do it. And
2: I'm going gi- to give you an angle right, to do I, it, but you're right. If you're if I'm going to spend if I'm going to spend big money on somebody, Kelsey's the play.
3: The way to get contrarian with it is again use him as a flex player, or you you go two tight ends, but uh, you'll see Kelsey you probably can, is the highest. You can go two tight. Ends. Okay, I, I can't wait to hear what all you have right, to say. I love tight end talk. Uh, Tyreek Hill. 7.2k way too cheap but he did have a, he struggled when these teams met week 6 just 3 catches for 20 yards he did have one carry for 5 yards. Tredavious White is a concern by the name but he's only played 2% of his snaps from the slot this yeah, year. He will not be in the slot. Tyreek has taken nearly 60% of his snaps from the slot so yeah. they'll probably see more from Taren there. Taron
2: Johnson is your slot uh, cornerback and he's probably the worst cornerback they have on the field. And he is he is by Pro Football Focus grade and yeah,
3: the the concern here there's really no concern with Hill. I like None. that he didn't have a big game last week, really. He mm-hmm. didn't have a big game. people are gonna look into the first matchup with Buffalo, but it all goes back to Patrick Mahomes, but but so Hill who, can, you,
2: who would you rather have Kelsey or Hill so you're gonna there you know you're gonna spend big dollars on one or the other
3: as a one off you would it might be Hill because I could see him. You know, running, you can have a 60-yard touchdown rush with ease or anything like that. Rush. You don't have to yeah, r- 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 yeah And so uh, if I had to pick one to be Hill, it would be painful to not use Kelsey, but uh, Hill will probably be, his ownership percentage will probably be half that of uh, Kelsey. So I would go Hill, and you also save the 800 bucks in your, your salary cap. So a mm-hmm. uh, uh, very strong B for Tyreek Hill. Definitely not going to give a strong B to Sammy Watkins, even though it looks like he will play in this game, uh, which would be a revenge game, don't forget. Former team it's Buffalo Bills who yeah. drafted him yeah. way too high. <laughs> like yeah. The overall pick, <laughs> they did. So I don't know how much give be too much revenge when it's they did funny, him that favor. You know,
2: uh, Robert Woods, Sammy uh, Watkins have gone on to long successful careers having left Buffalo.
3: Yep, yeah. But but that, that was the old bu- That was the old Buffalo. Uh, yeah, that was the old Buffalo. They're a yeah. brand yeah, new Marshawn Lynch. Now. I
2: mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of players that did it.
3: But uh, the calf injury has to worry you with Watkins. He could yep. always aggravate that. He could he could. Uh, you know, be forced to sit the rest of the game, but again, we got to worry about Mahomes and and his mobility, his uh, how this, his toe is going to affect his game. And but at 3.8 k, that's pretty cheap for the number two receiver on the the Chiefs. And when Watkins is healthy, he basically is the number two. There isn't uh, much muddied waters with the Demarcus Marcus Robinson and Michael Hardman talk. So I'll give Watkins a see, but I don't like starting a guy who I'm not confident is going to finish the game. Yeah, so I'm with you. He's a very, very high risk, high reward uh, tournament play. Not a safe cash game and play at all. And assuming Watkins plays, that really only puts Demarcus Robinson into play for me. Mikkel Hardman and Byron Pringle. When Watkins is healthy, they, their role no, does not has not been exist. big enough. Yeah. They're they're guys you might contemplate in like the one game showdown slate. So uh, I will give Robinson a very soft C at 3.7k, just in under. Watkins uh, I'd probably rather play Robinson over Watkins just because I'm more confident he can start the game so um that's it for the pass catchers and yeah, now you
2: got a whole other headache with the running backs right yeah so Le'Veon Bell may not go we have two guys that are basically game time decisions both guys nursing injuries and a running game that's been ineffective for most of the season for the Chiefs
3: yeah uh the one game glides Edwards Lair the player here referencing along with Bell who might not play. It sort of seems like he will, but this is one of the games where he was very effective in the regular season when he mm-hmm. had uh, the 26 carries for 161 yards. and uh, He didn't score, but he had a monster game on the ground. He's at 5,000. Bell's at 4.1K. We're just not going to talk about Le'Veon Bell. His knee swelled up on Thursday's right. practice, and he only played 16% of the snaps.
2: Also, he stinks.
3: And he stinks. So he's, he's dead to us. It's Darrell, will- Dar- Darrell Williams comes in just under C.E.H. at 4.8K. He actually scored in that first meeting. <laughs> he, had, he had 20. So the Chiefs ran all over the yeah, Bills in that right? first game. Even Darwin Thompson had a few carries. So uh, Darrell Williams might be the highest zone running back on the slate this week, especially if Edwards Alaire sits. Yeah, if Everyone, Edwards
2: Allaire sits, he probably will be.
3: My angle is uh, I might go Thompson. A little If it's just looking like Thompson and Williams... Active and healthy for the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, if if Bell is out and C E H is out. And we're just
3: Bell is out even if he's in. <laughs>
2: he's, well, I you know, but he mucks up the works for for Thompson. You can't play Thompson if CEH is active.
3: No. You can't. No, not if if he's inactive, then yeah. of course Williams in elite level play, but Thompson would definitely be in play for me. Uh if C E H out, Williams is an A despite he'll be the highest owned running back on the slate, you have to run him run him out there. The Bill or the Ravens running backs combined for 150 yards on the ground against Buffalo last week. So, C H in, he's a C because he's you can't trust him to finish the game. He would be an uber contrarian, mm-hmm. high risk, high reward play. Williams would be a B, and that but then if C H out, Williams A, and I give Thompson a pretty safe C. I think he would still see ten, twelve touches in this game.
2: When we come back, we'll go through the NFC side, Bucks taking on the Packers, another Week 6 rematch, and that one was a one-sided demolition of the Packers by the Bucks. We'll tell you what to expect when we come back.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Some 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchin and Brian Johnson with you. We just broke down Chiefs and Bills
3: now. That was a painstaking process to break that game. Especially the Chiefs, man, what a mess. Yeah, that was <laughs> 18 minutes of on <laughs> one game. Question marks abound for wow. the Kansas City it, Chiefs. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And, and for the Bills, for that matter. Uh, Bucks take on the Packers uh, I don't put too much weight in the week six matchup, Brian. It's just so long ago, and it was so one-sided. That and- was in
3: Tampa, right? Tampa, yes, it was, Tampa in, Ta- rolled it him. was in Tampa, no.
2: and Tampa destroyed him. It I don't was- think
3: Devontae Adams played. Game. I'll look it up while you I go.
2: believe you are correct. that will check not, it out. He was not in that game. Um, the weather is usually a factor for Green Bay at this time of year, but it's going to be unseasonably warm, around 30 degrees at kickoff, not really any wind to speak of, a small chance of precipitation right around the freezing mark, which could manifest itself as snow, or sleet, or sneet. Oh, there you yes, go. you remember the ice bowl from 1967? This could be the sneet bowl. I'm the, hoping that's the case. The all you can sneak buffet. I would love it. In Green Bay. Let's start on the Tampa side, and Ronald Jones is my favorite play of the week. Oh, I
3: love it. Getting bad deja vu from this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> now, anytime you're trying to guess the Bruce Arians timeshare, it's fraught with danger, um, but it ought to be a Ronald Jones game, and at $4,600, I like him here. Now... Jones and Fournette split carries almost evenly last week, but Jones was clearly better. He averaged a full yard per carry more, and Jones was the better runner all year long. You can and, and I think if we look at what Bruce Arians does as opposed to what he says, because he lies all the time. Um, in games with both Fournette and Jones healthy, Fournette only had more carries than Jones four times all year. That's it, just four. I mean, Jones the, when these guys are both healthy, and that's the case here then Jones is likely to get the work. Now, the Packers' run defense is improved from where it was early in the year, but it's still the easiest way to beat the Packers is on the ground. And I think that's going to happen here. Cam Akers put up five yards per carry, 90 yards last week. The prior game, David Montgomery, 133 total yards. Game before that, Carolina's rotation of backs topped 100 yards. We had Derrick Henry at 98 yards. This almost every team gets something done on the ground against Green Bay.
3: And back to Rojo versus Fournette real quick. For those that don't remember in the wild card round against Washington, Jones hurt himself in pregame warmups. No yes. one had any idea. And he got scratched late, which screwed over a lot of people. But it uh, wasn't like he got benched or anything like that. Or no, no. Or right. got that was injury. Yes. that's right. And he was yep. coming back from that essentially last week when he looked better than Fournette.
2: In the week six meeting between these teams, Jones ran for 113 yards and two scores. I like Jones, forty six hundred bucks, A grade. Um, For Fournette, if I you know if I feel strongly about this strongly about Ronald Jones, obviously I don't like Fournette. I'm fading him at fifty three hundred. He's more expensive, and I think that Jones is going to take too many of his touches. And um, I think the only angle for Fournette is that he'll probably catch more passes because he almost always does. But more passes for him is like two.
3: Yeah, and I'm not saying I think this is going to happen, but if you were a believer that the Bucks are going to win this game, and maybe quite convincingly with by running the ball, playing good defense, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be so opposed to starting both Tampa Bay running backs because if you believe they're going to win, control the ball. Yeah. You pair those two with the Tampa defense. You don't want a, a Green Bay running back if your belief is Tampa Bay is going right. to And right. then on the other in the other game we just talked about, there's not – Many enticing names there. So, if you're all in on the Bucks, I wouldn't uh, be against playing both. That
2: it's an interesting strategy. Let's go to the passing game for Tom Brady, who comes in at sixty-one hundred dollars. He is the cheapest of the four quarterbacks here. Green Bay's pass defense has been terrific, which is a lot of why. From December forward, the Packers are allowing just two hundred six passing yards and zero point seven passing touchdowns per game. Mm. That's it. The best angle for Brady, though, and there, this is a very legitimate angle, is the Packers. The Packers have one great cornerback, Jair Alexander. Then there's a pretty sizable drop down to their second best cornerback, and that's their their slot corner, Chandon Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And then there's a massive drop down to Kevin King, who may not even go. They just signed uh, Traymon Williams. As a free agent, they may have to play him and start him in this game. I mean, this is a disaster. This is an extremely thin set of receivers. Here comes Brady with arguably four good wide receiver targets by himself. And that's with Antonio Brown out. They have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. I mean, they've got the because of the depth of targets that Brady's got, he's always got somebody to find. So I like, I like Tom Brady at $6,100. Um, Jair Alexander probably shuts down Mike Evans, and that's why I've only got a C-grade. By the way, I've got a B-grade on Tom Brady. C-grade on Mike Evans at 5800 bucks. Um, but... He is the fourth most expensive wide receiver on the board. He had one catch last week, and he's going to draw the most of Jair Alexander. Now, Alexander is not a shadow. They have sometimes – they shadowed with him more at the beginning of the year, Mm -hmm. but really second half of the year, he mostly played one side. But that is Evans' most common side. So I think Evans is going to get more of Jair Alexander and – That's the, that's the trouble for Evans. You're really, you're just, you're shooting for a a touchdown. His one catch last week was a touchdown. He's the most targeted receiver from inside the 10 yard line. So you're hoping for a touchdown with Evans, but I don't, I don't like banking on low volume, uh, touchdown dependent guys. And Mike Evans fits that bill. C grade for 5,800. Chris Godwin's far more interesting. He's been a drop machine in the playoffs with six drops in two games and at some point, you worry a little bit if he's lost Brady's confidence. But with Antonio Brown out, I think he's still got to throw to Chris Godwin. And he's got a mm, somewhat favorable matchup against middle-of-the-pack cornerback Chandon Sullivan. Over the past three games, Sullivan has allowed 92% of his passes, the passes in his coverage, to be completed. So I like Godwin. I've got a B grade on Godwin. And like, I would I would play him at less money than Evans. I would play him over Evans. Yeah,
3: I like that call. Potential fu- future Packer, Chris Godwin. Might treat this as a an audition, maybe. I
2: don't know if he wants to go to Green Bay.
3: I'll have a lot of fun with Adams and Rogers, though. That's for
2: sure. With Antonio Brown ruled out, let's talk about Tyler Johnson. Yeah, bare minimum price of three grand. He will most often line up on the side of the field that's got either a hobbled Kevin King or a depth cornerback. That's a that's a sneaky play. Now you're. He, I don't think he's going to get big volume because he almost never does get big volume. But he might be able to turn three, four, five catches into something half decent against yeah. uh, against the raddiest of the Packers cornerbacks.
3: I like it. And for those who don't know, Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota. So. Weather won't be a factor for no, him, no. and the hatred for Wisconsin is just just ingrained <laughs> in his DNA. So I, love, I uh, like it. that. I like the Johnson call.
2: Uh, we're leaving both of the tight ends on the bench. Gronkowski and Braid, they're cheap, but they cannibalize each other. Brake getting more targets. Gronk's running more routes. I don't want to touch it. Let's go over to the Green Bay side. I have a series of A grades for the Packers, and I want to be in there all in the passing game. Let's begin with Aaron Rodgers. at $6,500, the third highest price out of the four quarterbacks, and a full $1,000 less than Patrick Mahomes. But I like him here. Green Bay runs what is normally a balanced offense, but Tampa sees the highest passing rate in the NFL. 65% of all plays are passes, and this is not that complicated. Rodgers is the MVP. It's very hard to run on the Bucks. And the Buccaneers are far easier to pass on than the Rams, the, especially. <laughs> right. And he just got done torching the Rams A yep. far better secondary. So I think I think Rodgers is an A grade at sixty five hundred dollars. If I were going to if I were going to build one lineup, it would be built around Aaron Rodgers. Um, let's go to Devontae Adams at eight thousand. You'll have to pay a very heavy premium here but I think Adams is probably worth it. He just put up a solid game against a dramatically better Ram secondary, and he'll he'll see both of the corners that Tampa's got, Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis. Between them, they've allowed 11 touchdowns on the season. That is wow. a lot. Dean allowed 70 yards in the wild card game. Davis has allowed 72 and 92 yards in the two playoff games. Those are bad numbers for any one cornerback. So I I like Adams here, and if you're going to splurge on one expensive player, I think Adams has got to be in that conversation.
3: He did play in this game. It was his first game back from injury. He had uh, six catches for 61 yards on 10 targets in Week 6. He got hurt in Week 2, came back for this game in Week 6. Got it. Um, And then he scored in every other game afterwards, (laughs) essentially. Adams is not my only (laughs) A grade
2: in the passing game, though. Alan Lazard at $4,200 is one of my favorite plays of the week. He runs predominantly from the slot, rematches up against Sean Murphy Bunting. He has allowed seven touchdowns in his coverage. Only one cornerback in the entire league allowed more than seven touchdowns in his coverage. Wow. Sean Murphy Bunting allowed seven. The passer rating on balls thrown in his coverage, 127. For Sean Murphy Bunting, the path of least resistance runs right through the slot to Alan Lazard. 4,200 bucks.
3: Then should have had two touchdowns last week. He alligator armed a long one that he should have had before his first one. So he almost had a monster game. Then another great play. And I think the only other play,
2: if you're not going to go Travis Kelsey for half the price, 3,600 bucks. Robert Tunyon. Love him here. He had twelve touchdowns on the season. He's been fantasy relevant in seven of the past eight games since December. The Bucks have given up big games to Logan Thomas last week, Irv Smith, Hayden Hurst, Hayden Hurst again. This is just in, since December. The Bucks were bottom seven in tight end catches and bottom seven in tight end touchdowns allowed during the regular season. I think Tanyan is your is the other place to pivot to tight end. So, would you rather okay. have Tanyan at thirty? Six hundred, or are you
3: spending on Kelsey? Man, Tunyon is way too cheap. He's too cheap. <laughs> way too- He's so wrongly and-
2: priced at thirty-six hundred.
3: And- it's not like you really need to struggle to save salary. But if you don- if you take Tunyon over Kelsey, you certainly can throw a-, a lineup together with Adams, Diggs, and probably Tyree Kill all in there. So- right, that's then- too
2: compelling for yep. me. So that's why I'm playing Tunyon uh Mark, last receiver i'll mention he gets uh just a c grade marcus valdez scantling as your all or nothing guy when he doesn't score you basically get nothing he's very lightly targeted and so he's got to turn a couple of catches into something special um it's possible he will this team as i mentioned does give up a lot of wide receiver touchdowns so maybe he will uh but 3,900 bucks to me can be spent better places um not that it's a lot of money then let's go to the running backs Aaron Jones, 6,500, is one of my least favorite plays of the week. He is the most expensive runner on the entire slate, and he has the hardest matchup. Now, you may look at Alvin Kamara's 85 rushing yards last week and go, well, that's 85 yards against Tampa's defense. Boy, don't read into that. It's a trap. Tampa was number 1 in rushing yards allowed, number 1 in rushing yards per carry allowed, and keep in mind, for Kamara, no Latavius Murray. So he got all that extra work. Now, Aaron Jones... Last week, I sat here on this podcast and said they've been saving him for the playoffs. They're going to run him like crazy. He well, alone. he still ended. He ended. He. They still only gave him forty three percent of the of the carries, which is bizarre. But he still got to like ninety yards. He had a good game. As, whenever he was said and done, but the fact that they still didn't use him that way was was really weird. That I, they didn't use him a lot.
3: I noticed, and then to see AJ Dillon even before Jamal Williams on the like right. the second drive was like,
2: oh man, how strange. <laughs> right now, here is the other reason you don't want Aaron Jones. So, Alvin Kamara finds his way to 85 rushing yards last week. Saints lose by double digits. The only other team that ran successfully on Tampa all year long were the Vikings with Dalvin Cook. They lost by double digits. It doesn't pay to run on the Bucs. There's no upside to it. You lose by double digits if you go through whatever it takes to establish the run against the Bucs. So, don't do it. Um and Aaron Jones is a bench grade for me as the most expensive runner on the board. Jamal Williams is a C grade at $4,400. He'll be tempting because he's affordable, and if A.J. Dillon misses the game, I think Dillon's going to go, then maybe Williams gets like half the work. But still, for all the reasons I mentioned before, I, if I don't like Jones, I, I I can't much like Williams, even if he is cheaper.
3: Four teams is not a lot. Two games is not a lot for a slate, but this is probably the worst running back menu i've ever seen (laughs) it's pretty pretty brutal i'd put air i i would put ronald
2: jones on my menu
3: i think i I like the road guys guys are out there i think that's that's the guy that's the guy i'm gonna take and uh again i'm worried about if i had to just like if i'm gonna stack one of these games it's probably the nfc side i I fear the afc game being more More defensive more defensive more low, low scoring even though the over under is a little bit higher and uh yeah, then it's like Singletary and the Buffalo defense seems like a nice pairing to go along with Rojo. I think that is a where I'd start my lineup build if I had one lineup. Yeah, I like a, those two backs. Yeah, as much as you can. Well, like, yeah, I don't, I don't Singletary. like Singletary no, much, but no. he'll be on the field though. That's all you know. He's I, gonna. Be,
2: I kind of like your Jones Fournette angle, but Fournette's an awfully pricey at fifty three hundred.
3: Yeah, that's a little too high. I think it is too high.
2: I don't, I don't love it. Um, Thank you for listening. We will do uh, we will do this same breakdown in two weeks for the Super Bowl. We'll have a show in between there. That won't be this this kind of breakdown, but we'll talk about you know all you know various things over Pro the Bowl? Super Bowl week. Yeah, Pro Bowl fantasy full Pro Bowl. Oh, gross. I don't even what, I don't even know what the format is this year. They're not playing a game, obviously. I, I have no idea. I don't either. It's probably for the best that we don't know. Thank you for listening. Appreciate everybody that has uh, made it to the end of 35 minutes of breaking down two games. Very impressive. Normally, during our show, every game is four to six minutes of breakdown.
3: So, yeah, once we go about like four minutes, I start to look around. I'm like, i kind got to yeah. shut up now. So exactly. <laughs> we just did, we're
2: just we at the 35-ish minute mark, and we did two, two games.
3: People and, are uh, clinging to their football. They won't mind.
2: I-, I think you're right about that.
1: Talk to you in a week, everybody.
2: Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For
1: more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio.